Hey, you're looking to buy, sell, or invest real estate? I mean, you could do it yourself or you could get a real estate agent. Well, I got the real estate agent for you. Her name is Diana Guzman. More than 15 years of experience, knowledgeable in Section 8, property management, finance, loan, name it. She probably knows it. She's a lion nest when it comes to real estate. Her motto is simple. She doesn't BS. The goal is to get the deal done and she gets the deal done done and if she can't do it she has a team and resources that could forward you to somebody who could get it done don't waste your time in getting a real estate agent that doesn't work for her commission get you someone who's willing to fight for you and represent you in the way you need it diana guzman the lioness of real estate contact her today 201-233-7773 or email her at diana guzman sells nj at gmail.com Make- Welcome to the episode of Deal Talk. I'm Deal. Let's talk. My guest of the evening is a financial coach. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, well, welcome to Darlene Higgins. Welcome to the show, Darlene. How are you? And thank you. Very good. How? Uh, what inspired you to embark in this journey and and educating and helping others with financial coaching? Well, I retired at the age of fifty, and so wow, really? as I was, yeah. So as I was retiring. You know, before that, putting all the plans in place. And let me tell you, you can set a year you want to retire and that's easy. Everything else is more difficult picking the month, the day. So then I'm like, well, what am I going to do? You know, I'm 50. I don't want to go and do the, you know, nine to five punching a schedule for somebody else. But I also don't want to not have something to fill part of my time. I was just looking for something part time. And so I explored a lot of ideas and I came across financial coaching and it just, it intrigued me number one, because I had just completed my, you know, my dream, my journey um, and reached what I wanted to and just found it really inspiring that there is these other people out there, you know, helping those get there. And I'm like, why not? Why not share this feeling that I have of reaching my dream that I set out at about 15 years prior and got really focused with? And share all of my experience, my knowledge, you know, my ups, my downs, my mistakes, my successes with them to help them achieve whatever it is. You know, I have a new client signing on next month and she wants 100 doors by the time she's 50. So she wants to be into real estate investment. And I'm like, great, let's do it. You know, so yeah, yeah. So it's like whatever somebody's dream is, they may not want to retire at 50. That's fine. That's not what I'm here for. I'm here to do whatever it is you want. And so that's how I came to be. And that's how I've, I've been coaching for about a year and a half now. I love it. Um, I love helping anybody who's willing to work with me. I just enjoy, you know, looking at the pieces of the puzzle and let's find what actually works for you and get you moving forward. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's, that's great to hear. Is there anything in particular that defines a, a financial coach because it's it's uh you know there's a lot of financial coaches but they diverse themselves in different areas is there a, a particular area and where you focus on helping your clients um i love helping people get rid of their debt or i love helping people find financial freedom so you know and getting rid of the debt has a lot to do with that so um really focusing on the budget and that it to me, it was such a powerful tool. And so I want to just teach people about that and help them with that. So my focus is Gen Xers. Um, we're at the last phase of our you know, career. Mm. 
um, whether it's 10 years, 20 years, like we're finishing up, right? We're wrapping mm -hmm. that up and we need to go out with a bang. So that's ultimately what I would like to let him, you know, help him do is go out with a bang, you know? What were you doing before prior to, to taking this journey into <laughs> entrepreneurship and, and basically being your own boss? Yeah. So for 32 years, I worked in the public sector in law enforcement. I was okay. support personnel the entire time. The last 15 years of my journey, though, I actually taught cops how to budget. So that was my essential role. They called me a finance manager, but really I taught them how to budget. You know, they knew what they needed. And so just like clients know what they want, I helped to make it fit the puzzle. And so all sorts of personalities. I had 22 of them at a time. We had about a month to work together to get it all, <clears throat> excuse me, get it all put together and, you know, help them do that. So yeah, that was, that was a great journey too. I just, you know, I was, I was done with the rush in the morning more so than my job. I loved yeah. working there. I loved working there with the people. I just, I wanted to create my own demand. And so, yeah, being an entrepreneur, I, I have a lot slower mornings. I, you know, get up, I am an avid reader. So I spend a few hours reading. I take care of myself. You know, I work out, I take care of things around the house. I get ready. Then I come to work. So it's anywhere between eight 30 and 10. And I jump in and, you know, pick what tasks need to be done or I want to do. And I just get going. And so I usually stay in my office till, you know, sometimes as early as two, two thirty. But sometimes as late as four thirty, so it just depends. It just depends. So how how does it feel from um working a, a basically a nine to five, right? And you know that um that structure because right. essentially it's the same thing <clears throat> doing every day, every day. So now having that freedom and deciding what tasks you want to do today, uh when you want to come into work, you know having yeah. the liberty of okay uh basically analyzing and seeing what is priority maybe I, this could wait for tomorrow I'll do this like how is how does that feel you know it is it is so good it's amazing that you can have that much choice right so it's like oh, okay what do i what do i need to get done and typically i'm you know on top of things and then there might be one or two pieces get those done out of the way okay what what is calling my name? What is that? You know, what do I feel like needs to be done to serve my clients, to help them and, you know, help those who are following me and my community and what can I do to serve them? And so then I jump on board and do it. Um, where, yeah, it's like the nine to five, it, it really, it was like, okay, jump in, you have the structure, you come home, you're done. But like for this weekend, my daughter's coming to town. So it's like, okay, I got to get things wrapped up because she'll be here and I'll make sure I, you know, have everything tied up in a bow and I can return back to work on Monday and enjoy the weekend with her. Um, I have a week planned in October, so I'll just make sure it's all planned, you know, and taken care of ahead of time, which I did have time off on my nine to five, right? It wasn't that, but typically I came back and the work was there. So I had to catch up and take care of it and, um, so yeah, there's, it's, but the thing that I miss, the thing I found out I missed as I started my entrepreneurship was the team in the sense of going to somebody and having that immediate sounding board. So it's mm. like trying to find the replacement of that, right? Like nobody did what I did there, but yeah, I could go still go talk to people and just get that, 
you know, vomit words and yeah, they yeah. say what they hear. And then I'm like, oh yeah. So I do miss that. I don't have that. Um, actually I do. I have a business Bessie. We chat three times a week. So that is helpful, but you know, it's just, I it's miss that. Yeah. I miss that, you know, stepping out of my office and going and finding somebody and be like, okay, there's this, this, and this, and now, you know, so yeah. So I do miss that, but overall I absolutely love it. You know, going outside or, you know, stopping, taking a break to make meals or to, you know, my sister comes on Mondays and visit with her for a few hours. You know, it's just, there's so much freedom and so much, you know, that I can change that I can work around. So. Yeah, I get it. It's, it's like, it's, um, it essentially happens to me when I'm, you know, creating content for the podcast, what's next. You need some, that somebody to feed off and digest yes. those ideas and and concerns maybe it's something you're 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 missing have a conversation that helps you progress in your business which i think that's very important and i think you 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 uh the more you grow you're able to hire somebody or, or manage a team and where you'll have that satisfaction but that yes. it's much it's it's very crucial it's very crucial yeah. so i i i get it 100 percent. yeah 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 it's it's that, yeah, it's just that sounding board. It's just the, and once you verbalize what you're thinking. So sometimes I'll go outside, you know, in the morning, I will have been working in here for an hour or two and I'll go grab some sun, let my dog out. And I just end up kind of talking to whoever's out there, you know, just kind of verbalizing as I'm away from my desk. So, you know, finding some different ways, but yeah, there's something that's just teamwork, right. Yeah. Or companionship. So yeah. 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 It's so. something to, to like, when I'm when I'm have anxious and and I'm trying to do something, it's best to just step out of my surroundings to get a breath of fresh air, yes. get my thoughts flowing and all that to come back and okay, I, I assess the problem. This is what I'm missing, or just get the ball rolling in that sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was working with a client back in spring and looking at his numbers at the very get-go and i was just like oh my gosh oh my gosh can i help him can i help him right but the biggest key for me was to actually step away let them simmer in a different way instead of just staring at them and then go okay yep i know what we need to do you know so yeah it's crucial to step away sometimes and get a different scenery and yeah yeah. do you do when you when you get when you when you get clients, do you, is there a particular problem, an issue that always like it's a pattern and where you're always falling into the same thing? Um, I, I really haven't seen it yet. Usually the thing I've learned with debt, though, so they'll come, they'll be like, I, I'm in debt. This this client back in spring, he's like, my dad paid off my debt twice and I have it again. And he told me something's wrong. I got to fix it. I said, let's take a look, you know? So really when you start thinking about debt, it's not just because you're overspending, you know, it's not just because you want all of the things. So looking at his, his was the increase for the last two years of his lease for his apartment. Mm -hmm. He was single, recently divorced, had three kids and that had gone up and you're stuck in a lease for a year. So it's like, oh, but I still need to provide for my kids and they still have these doctor visits and orthodontics and stuff. So I said, all right, you know, we've got to scale back until you can fix that. So hopefully at the end of the lease, but that wasn't for another six months, you know, so 
really thinking about your debt that way. I love to get in there with them and see what it is because they always come to me and they say, I just am bad. I just overspend. And I'm like, I bet, I bet that's not it. I bet that's not it. Mm -hmm. There's something else that's missing in the flow of your money or your actual budget. You know, let's figure it out. Let's, you know, get it organized and then you can actually see it. And so bringing them that clarity, I think really helps and also helps get rid of that shame, right? Oh man, I had to use a credit card again. And that's so, I didn't want to, and I had to, and what's wrong with me. And it's like, no, you got to look deeper. You got to look deeper. There's something else you're missing. That's making you turn to the credit card. Yes. But typically those expenses are clothing for your kids. They're the doctor visits that, you know, for that emergency little spill they have on their bike or things like that. And so getting them to see that, but a lot of them, and, you know, I'd say all of them that I've had, it's really just about organization. Mm-hmm. You know, this country does not do well in like presenting a basic uh, budgeting class on here's how to organize your money and keep track of it. And really it's not complicated, but we have gone for so long without knowing that then we think it's complicated. We think it's restrictive. We don't understand it. You know, we've got all of these other um money ideas, you know, our beliefs from childhood. And so we just really fight it and that resistance is there. And so trying to help clients pass that, right? Get past that, find that organization, um, create what they want, because that's what it's all about. It's not about, okay, well, you've got to cut these three things and then you'll be fine. No, it's like, let's look together. Let's work it out together. But, you know, having somebody else compartmentalize these numbers yeah. for you, I think is huge. I think that's huge. So I think you're, you're, you're like a, uh, a financial therapist. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's like a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, and I put myself in the same category, right. And we're like, we, because we didn't have certain things as a child, we want the best, not knowing that in order to have the best, you know, you you have to be able to make capital, right? You got to make money, you know, yeah. and, and do your best to live within your means. Like me, like I, I for the last, uh, I want to say two years, I, every, every time I, I have like something I want to buy, I, I stop myself like for two weeks. And within mm-hmm. those two weeks, I, you know, because that, it's just a, a compulsion to buy something. And even those two weeks, I realized I don't need it. I don't buy it. That's awesome. Yeah. Because because yeah. Often, delaying uh, delaying. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. often we we tend to buy things we don't really use. Like especially yeah, you know you ha- you have all these uh, streaming services. You know, and like how often do I use Netflix? <laughs> I mean Netflix. Yeah. I mean Disney Plus. Nobody in the household uses Disney Plus. Or Apple TV, you know. But the cost is what got you, right? You're like, yeah. oh, it's only four ninety nine. Oh, it's only you know five ninety nine, and that's really a small. And that honestly, that is a really small amount. But you do that five times, where are you at? You yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Up. So it really does. It really does. So, yeah, yeah. I get it. What uh, like, how do you go about creating your content on your on your social media because it's so educational. So motivating. Uh, I, I was watching a couple of your, your stuff and I love it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I just try to, I really think about, you know, there's a lot that's out there about budgeting. You can go mm-hmm. Google budget. It'll 
tell you how to do it. Um, but I really try to reach into my journey. And I've been reflecting back a lot and thinking about what was it like when I started and how did I go? And so I really try to share more of those things that I feel or I saw or that I felt like were a part of what happened to me, you know? So I have, um, which I haven't, I don't think I've released any content yet, um, like these budget phases. Mm. And so, you know, I kind of narrowed it down into five phases of, like a budget cycle for somebody who's learning how to use using it and these things that they go through. And, you know, very first one is that it's new and that is the hardest phase and it is hard. It's difficult. That's usually where people get, you know, give up because they're so frustrated. Yeah. And so, you know, then after you realize what's been causing the frustration, I call the next one discovered. So then you start discovering these things that are, Oh, that's why I'm getting frustrated. And so then you see what those expenses are and then you start seeing that you can actually see ahead and add some more in. So then you're proactive and reactive at the same time in that discovery. And as you're being proactive is when you start realizing that you can build your budget with your goals, right? So getting to that point of building. So I really just try to think in almost like in a formulaic way of these, these steps on a different scale, um, like budget behaviors. I know a lot of people are like, I just don't even look at my money anymore. Okay, let's change that behavior. You know, that's avoiding. Let's make awareness. And how do you do that? So I try to give them advice and, you know, throw that out there as like, you know, if you're one that hasn't looked at your bank account in a while, just start there, right? Simple, simple step is just start there. Just become aware, you know, recognize the feelings you're having. Try to, you know, just make it like almost desensitize yourself as very, very small steps in getting through. So I really just have tried to scale it back to, the process within the process. Yeah. So not just saying you have to budget, you know, cause everybody knows that. And it's like, okay, well, here's how you budget. It's like going to those feelings and those, you know, those behaviors is what I called those. I think I, I have a podcast called wealthy after 40 and I'm releasing that episode in October as budget behaviors and what people normally exhibit and what they should go look for. Cause sometimes mm -hmm. it's like, well, what should I be doing if I don't want to do this or, you know, all of those things. So covered, I think I covered six of them on that podcast episode. So, wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So like budgeting, it, it, it you know, essentially it ba is based off basically, you know, how do I say it? Disciplining yourself. Exactly. Exactly. If you have, if you, especially like when it comes to find being the financial aspect of it, if you're not dis disciplined, you're, you know, like I remember when I was single in my single days, right? Um, I, I, you know, I wasn't working. I, I didn't have a high paid job. I was getting paid miserably. Uh, rent was at that time escalating. So what I did was I, I, you know, they have like the the ten ninety rule, and where you know ten uh, percent of your income you put it away in your savings. But I did. Uh, I think I is seventy thirty. So every time I would get oh, nice. paid, thirty percent of my um, income will go to my savings, and then I will manage budget out how I would pay my bills a little bit here, a little bit here, and you know, have some money for the bills, but also have some you know in my in my pocket for anything cases, you know. But you know, once you get married, that just just goes to you know, <laughs> it goes to crap. <laughs> yeah it's a it's a whole different ball game with another person right yeah oh uh, yeah yeah 
And I was working on some content earlier and um, I had, I just put it in my little queue of where I, I like get these ideas. And so I just kind of put a title down there and I had titled it income versus expenses. And I'm like, oh yeah, I was thinking about that because I had just interviewed somebody for my podcast about side hustles, you know, and it mm -hmm. basically, so I'm like, oh, well, that's a budget, you know, income versus expenses is what your budget is. Mm -hmm. So then I just kind of expanded on that. So, you know, income expenses, are you at zero or a negative or a positive? And what does that mean? So then changing that formula to, you know, income is equal to expenses plus emergency savings. And then, you know, and so that gives you stability. And so that's like the stability formula. And then moving on to adding the goals and savings, which is for all the fun, all the, you know, future goals that you have, um, just adding that to it. And that brings you your wealth. That's your wealth builder. And so really, it can be boiled down to just very simple formulas. But yeah, there's a whole lot more to it. So I try to call, you know, also cover the whole lot more and trying to have people recognize what they're feeling, what they're seeing, what to expect, um, what they can do just in different ways. So. Got it. Have you, have you worked, have you been working with any small businesses? No, I have not yet. I'm not yet. So. How do you, do you set up monthly plans and we're like, okay, so they gave you all their information. You walk over, you set it on a month to month basis, week, break it down for them in order what they need to follow? Um, kind of. So what we do is we look at their, we look at their entire budget and we have them throw everything in there and we break it down. We do break it down to a month. And so all of their income, all of their expenses, we're having them look at home repairs, car repairs, you know, vet bills, um, pet grooming, anything and everything you can think of, we put on there. And then we, you know, get down to that number of whether it's a positive or or a negative, then we just start exploring. So then what I do to help them create a budget is I say, okay, here's three expense buckets. So I simplify the budgeting method for them as simple as here's your bills amount. Here's your spending amount. This is what you spend your money on for fun, for entertainment, for you know, um, groceries, for fuel, the everything between your paydays. And then here's your savings. So most likely there's stuff left over. So automatically, after session one, they are, they've got a savings stream already. And so then they learn to start looking at their money differently and they're able to see those three pots and know how to give and take from each of those. So. Nice. Nice. I, I started asking, like, I look at anything and everything that it, it, if it's for me to pay or come out of pocket, I look at it as an investment. Like somebody, you know, they say that in order to be good investor, like in stocks, you're supposed to invest in something that, you know, works, you know, changes or influence your culture around you. Yes. So, so like when I when I'm about to pay something or buy something, I look at it as is this is this going to benefit? Is this either going to make me money? It's going to be useful or does it serve a purpose in my life? I love it. You know, I like. Like a lot of um, people use, like buy sneakers. So, you know, back in the day, I, I used to buy Jordans. Uh, I would keep them for two or three months, then flip them, mm. you know, uh, double the profit. I, I think I used to do that even when I was even like in my teens. But um, I, I look at them now, like even to buy myself a, a, a pair of sneakers, like I'm going to buy this because I want to use them. So it's it's knowing your flexibility, how to invest um, and managing your money. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's what, so whenever we, after that, you know, we look at that, if there's some, some hardship, right, we're still in the negative. I always have them start like thinking of their expenses as what are your top three expenses? Mm -hmm. What do you, you know, and I'm not talking your bills or anything like that. I'm talking about your extras. What three do you value most that you're like, "Mm, those three need to stay in my budget. And then I'm like, what three could you care less? You know, what three could you care less about? That kind of gives them perspective as to, oh, you know what, really those three, I could let those go and I could be just fine. So I always advise people. So even that client that I had back in the spring and we really had to strip his budget down, which I don't like to do, but we had to just, just to stop the leak and, you know, get him moving forward and stuff. But I always leave an element of fun in there. I believe that is so, so, so Mm. important. So when I was reaching out to him, I'm like, you get one thing, you get one thing for fun. And, you know, you get to choose and then we'll make everything else work around it. And so, you know, he chose his Apple music because he's like, that's for my mental health that I go and work out to. And, you know, it served a purpose in many areas of his life for good. And so recognizing that is like, okay, is that fun? It's a little more than fun, but yet we, ha- we all have to have that, right? We have to have our outlet um, and that yes, keeps us yes, going. And yes. so, yeah, so I believe that's so, so important to make sure that is included. So is there, is there one, when you work with your cli- clients, is there one thing that you realize they don't need and it's hard for them to let go? Um, You know, they've all been surprising so far, especially some people are like, oh yeah, I do eat out too much. I really need to watch that, you know, but yet with that comes a whole another gamut, you know, I'm working long, I've got the kid work out with the kids or whatever it is. But you know, I, I don't ever say, Oh, well, look at this. I just we just kind of look at the totality of it, mm. um, bring awareness to all the numbers, and then they actually get to make the shift, they actually get to make the changes. So, you know, God. So there's there's so much when it comes to financial things have changed drastically, like, there's a subscription for everything. Yeah. For everything. Yeah. I remember even music at one point was free. Or you know, they had certain platforms and then you know the ads were there, but it wasn't so overwhelming or saturated. Right, right. Yeah. You know, like you got Uber Eats and where pay ten months for free delivery. And and when you look at the your receipt, it feels like you're paying even more. You know, <laughs> you're supposed to have uh, at least you know, wiggle room or discount. And because of yeah. everything is so, you know, um, how do you say it, uh, has gone up. Like, yeah. it's like, yeah. the, the, like, does it really make sense anymore? Right, right. Inflation is so, yeah, it's such a huge um, impact. And I don't think a lot of people understand, like, economics, right? I mean, nobody wants to study economics. I had my um, undergrad was in accounting. So when I went to graduation, the key speaker was an economics professor. I'll tell you what, I was bored out of my mind. And I did Mm. have a couple of classes of economics, you know, but learning like, I think if they kept it more, um, like learning about this cycle of, you know, the up and the down. Mm. So right now, yeah, we're headed into where inflation is happening, costs are going up. So interest rates have to go up, right? And I know people are hating that they're like, why, why? Because they've been so low for so long. But yet it's curbing that spending, which is going to force those prices to come down. And it's just what historically has to happen. So, you know, um, I was on a speaking the other day and the kid's like, well, what's a good interest rate for a house? And I'm like, it depends. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't wait it out, right? We're at 
7.75 right now, which is less than what I paid for my first house. And so back in the 90s, I paid 10% for my loan on my home. But the difference you guys have right now, as opposed to what I had then, is definitely the, the cost of the house. So, you know, they're getting caught up in the interest rates, but it's actually the cost of the house that needs to drop. And I don't know. And so that's really that um, interest rate because it lowers your purchasing power. And so yeah. having that starts the shift. And so, you know, it's like, okay, what do we do? What do we do? And, you know, you that's why you, like you were saying, you know, 30% set aside, that gives you wiggle room for inflation, right? Mm -hmm. My daughter, she's like, mom, I used to only pay $50 a week for groceries. And now for the same stuff, it's 75. And I said, yes, welcome to inflation, you know? And then last month I got a bill, my bill for my natural gas for my house went up $60 a month, you know? Wow. And so it trickles through. Yeah. And it'll trickle through and it's not immediate with our um, wages as they increase, right? Sometimes that's a delay. And so you have to wait for that. So making sure you have some money set aside to be able to wiggle room with those changes that you know are going to happen. We just don't know when, you know, that's a, that's a hard part. I think with budgeting and with um, spending what we have right now is like, well, what if something changes? You know, what is that? And we don't always know what it is. I think we can assume what it might be, you know, but yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned, you know, everything goes up, but the pay rate of your job, we'll say. Yep. And I think that's what uh, causes so much turmoil. Right. You know, right. like when I was single, I, I started renting a room. It was four fifty for a room. Now it's it's almost like a thousand something just for one room over here in New Jersey. Wow. I'm not sure where you're located. Yeah. But yeah. it's become ridiculous. So like. Yes. You know what you need on a daily basis. It's it's you're not meeting it. You're you're constantly living uh, living in check for check, mm -hmm. and yet you know like I've I think I've had like this point five or six side houses, and mm, the point with wow. that, which is it's not bad having a side side hustle, it's more along the lines and we're like everybody's doing it, yeah. so that room yeah. for opportunity. It's like you're, you're you're hustling, like if you're working a nine to five, just for a small side hustle, to see a return yeah. that may well won't won't cover at least twenty percent of your bills. It's just there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I know. I was chatting with a girl, and same situation, right? Um, her her housing rental was ninety percent of her nine to five job. So to be able to survive all the rest, she was working, yeah, three, four side hustles. And she's like, it's just a lot. So it's, it's really tough right now. And I, I do understand. And so I think, but I think that's why it's so important right now to really get, you know, down and dirty with your numbers, make sure that you're yes, doing yes. your best and, you know, what you're, that you're actually like you yeah. And that what you're doing is actually you value and it gives your life purpose and it makes you happy. You know, I, mm -hmm. I always think of Marie Kondo when I think about your expenses, like think about it, does it bring you joy? Now there's some expenses we have to have, but yet like my natural gas, it brings me joy in the winter. So I don't have to freeze my butt off, you know? And so really going with that feeling of your, your expenses. So sometimes it's like, okay, but does that cost measure up to the amount of joy it's bringing me? Like you were saying with Disney Plus, oh, 
are we getting $5 a month worth, right? Mm. You know, and maybe it's maybe one month, you really binge that one, and then you binge another one. So maybe, a, you know, average, you might be but really start looking at your um, expenses that way. Yeah. It's like, really, do I want to be spending my money on this? So yeah. I mean, I, I know, yeah, I, I'm real honest, I, I've never benched anything on Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, and I say it because I I keep telling my wife to like let's cut it, let's cut it, let's cut it, and you know, but the kids, but but nobody watches it. You know, I I I think at one point I was I was driving Uber and Lyft, and that's you know I was never a big numbers person to and understanding it, but I think when I started doing Lyft one time, that I start breaking down and we're like, okay, how can I make a profit out of that? So I was like, okay, um, my goal is to make a hundred a day in which Monday through Friday, treat it like a job, eight hours. By the time I get to Friday, 500 bucks. Boom. I'm not counting. And where the money looks is there, but Uber hasn't taken their 20%. I'm not counting that um, every Wednesday. I, I don't know now, but every Wednesday, like if you have easy pass and you're constantly like weekly pay updating weekly, it, every Wednesday is take a deduction. You're not counting and we're like your gas because it, you know, depending on vehicle you're, you're running eight hours. If you're running that vehicle for eight hours, you, you're gonna, you know, re um, you have to put gas in it no matter what. So I'm looking at all these costs efficient and I see people, yeah, I made a thousand bucks every time I drive, but you're driving 16 hours a day. That's a double shift. Wow. Yeah, and, that's crazy. And when I'm doing my numbers, like it's not making sense to me. Four dollars, and I would probably spend fifty dollars or more on foaming hand soaps from Bath and Body, which was where I was getting them. So, I mean, yeah, yeah you you it's really just... gotta. It's like uh, you gotta pick and choose your battles. What what is exactly. it's convenient? What do you choose to have to be convenient? What not? If you can yeah. do it yourself, and it's gonna save you a couple of dollars. Why not? Yeah. You know, in the Thanks. summer, I was I was speaking to my wife in the summer because growing up, I grew up in Puerto Rico, right? So majority of my, my hustle was washing cars. Mm. And I was talking to her the other day in the summer. I washed, I have two cars. I washed them by hand. And I'm like, I washed them better myself than when I go to to uh, one of these car washers, and every time I I come out, there's there's smirch or, or black spots. It's not even proper. Yeah. And you know, the only thing I could think of is when I go there, I'm saving time. What I'm doing here, I'm doing it on my time. Mm-hmm. You know, us Latinos, we tend to take we we tend to take those moments and make a day out of it <laughs> for some yeah, reason. You know. Um. <clears throat> But, you know, that's why I say you got to pick and choose sometimes what is beneficial for you, what what is the best for you, and what is best not. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Do you, have you, are you an investor in real estate? Um, I do have one property, and it was by, my daughter was in college and paying rent, right? Mm. And it was obscene, I thought, at that time, I can't imagine what it is now. So I'm like, let's just buy a house, because if I'm going to yes. pay rent, I'll just pay the mortgage and, you know, get my money back when, yeah. yeah, And when you're done with college, you know, little did I know I actually bought right before housing started going up like literally. And it, but it was a, 
it was a decision I made pretty much overnight. So we got a good deal. Um, I made sure that I got like location, you know, I could either support a small family or college students. So I made sure it was close to campus as well, you know, but not too close. So I can sell to a family, you know, just making sure all of these things. So she still lives there. Um, and she pays me rent. But, you know, it's like, if I, t- I tell her, I'm like, you know how much money I could make if I can sell that, you know, and she's like, <laughs> Mom, where would I live, you know, so that is I it, wanted to, I it, wanted to, and yeah, no, go, go ahead. I was just going to say, we wanted to look at it many years ago, but we live in a college town. Mm. And so I went to my realtor and I'm like, Hey, we'd love to get, you know, a duplex or a fourplex. She goes there. No. And I'm like, what? She goes, no, they never come up for sale ever. And I was like, okay. So we kind of just got, you know, we're like, well, we don't want to do the house thing either at that time. So yeah. So when we did up there, it just kind of worked out. And so. Is it a, a single family? Um, it is a single, it's actually a townhome where she lives. Okay. So, got it, got it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's good. It's decent. It's in a nice area. I so, read it. Yeah. I read it in, in one of these, like, you know, there's always entrepreneurs throwing, making their eBooks and throwing them out there. Like that's a lot. It's like a book, but based more like a brochure. And oh, I yeah. found something. I, I found something so interesting. And we're like, and and this is me reading so many bro- brochure books, right? And where a prop, a single family home, if you rent it out, it will be better maintained. Money will will constantly be coming in because it's so personal. Mm-hmm. Rather than you get like a two to three family homes, and it just it's a nightmare. Like I've I, my wife, my wife's a real estate agent and we are constantly working with investors, first time home buyers, uh, sellers. And I found one, this one property that we're selling now that we actually, uh, a client of ours just put a, a bit to buy it. It's a one single family home. And we had like 33 offers on that first day. Oh my and, gosh. and in the open house, um, my wife got all the numbers and, you know, she had, she had a call one by one, talk to them and they all came out with the same thing. And we're like, well, we'll buy this family, uh, single family and we rent it out. It won't be the same um, income from a three family home, but it'll be well-maintained and money will be fl- more flowing than if mm-hmm. we did a, a, a big thing. And, and it's always constantly drama wow that makes sense yeah that makes sense though do you have like is there one thing in particular your clients always reach out hey i need help with this because i want have this this uh, invest in real estate or buy a property or in a business or is there something always in particular that yeah it's yeah it's either they want to do real estate that's or they are they're really at the cusp of retirement and they have never looked at it and they're like, what do I need to do? And am I going to be okay? Type of thing. So, you know, and the other thing is I've, I've helped a lot of divorcees at different ages, you know, and just whether it's new to them or a new situation. So I had a lady who was almost 60 recently divorced, hadn't managed money since early marriage, you know, so getting her back on with that, um, the other divorcee was the, um, in spring, lots of debt, but he was also like living in that scarcity mindset. So I had to help him through that to actually see like, oh, I need to go find promotion and I can be considered for a promotion, you know, and doing those types of things. 
And then the other one is, you know, the single mom, she doesn't get any child support. She's trying to make it three yes. boys, you know, and it's just like, and she is really career wise trying to advance herself. So she's got student loans as well. So, you know, really it's like the divorcees, they're just trying to make it. They're just trying to make it. So yes. I really like helping them to be able to number one, realize that it's going to be okay. And that money doesn't need to be a worry anymore. Like let's make the money ease and flow while you try to deal with everything else. Right. So. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. You know, especially in this economy, like the the jobs, the employment, you know, you know, I, I am, I've, uh, I don't have a degree, but I've gone to college. I have college credits and, you know, I, I've been able to work myself up and where I, I've got salaries of 55, 1.65, and I look at the market now and it's just, I can't find anything if I choose to go back to work or, or even find a side hustle. It's, wow. it's, it's so, and I'm not sure it's because I live in, in I don't want to say the inner city, but you know, I'm like 20 minutes from New York, mm-hmm. you know, so it's constantly, you know, right now it's a big thing that people from New York are moving into migrating into where I'm at and they're, you know, pushing all, all the old, uh, residents and bringing new people and it's constantly development. It's getting bigger, and it and it just the market right now is so unstable in opportunity. Mm-hmm. Then even mm-hmm. you trying to create a side hustle, a side business, it's not enough. Yeah, it's crazy. And you know the sad thing is, and I don't want to be a doomsdayer either, but I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. You know, it's just like trend and his story. You know, it kind of shows that, but yet. Yeah, there's like one change and one flow. My husband says, um, because he mows for the uh, parks locally here. And he's like, oh my gosh, there are more homeless than there were like a month ago or two months ago. And I'm like, they got moved out of wherever they were. You know, it's that ripple effect. So, you know, there's ripple effects in everything from, you know, jobs to costs. You know, if we see, you know. Um, all of all inflation goes up for groceries and this and that, right? Then we got to employ pay employees more, which is probably why my gas is going up, among other things, right? And there's that trickle effect. Is just like, but how long before we get done with everybody raising? You know, I'm just trying to make make by make and get by. It's just really really tough. So yeah, you know, I haven't I haven't looked at the market for a long time, but you know, I. <laughs> That was one thing I'm like, oh, good. I'll never have to interview ever again, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that was, I don't know. I mean, I did okay interviewing, but it's just like, oh, my gosh, I don't have to do that anymore, you know. it's No, I get to network, but, you know, it's well, a little you, different but as the you, same. As you get bigger, you're the one interviewing now. You're in, you're, yes. you're in that seat choosing exactly. who, who who's going to uh, take your your that, that position to help you out and grow your more. more. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's a beautiful ang- uh, angle twist. True. Yep. Very true. Very true. So was there, was there one thing that was difficult to you for you when you decided to be your own boss and entrepreneur? Like, was there something challenging? <sighs> you know, it, marketing. Like, Oh my God. Don't even <laughs> right. Right. But like that, I had never done any of it. Right. Yeah. I managing, you know, systems and processes, like all of that. I'm like, okay, I can see how that would work. here. You know, I had experience in all my other ways, but 
But then I'm like, but marketing, I have to tell people what, where, you know, and it's like doing that because working in law enforcement, we never marketed ourselves, right? It was always people are already coming. So that was a whole new um, navigation thing. And I just, I tell my husband, I'm like, I'm smart, but sometimes it takes me a while to catch on, you know, and it's just, it's been such, so as hard as entrepreneurship has been, at least as far as marketing, everything else I find a breeze, but like the marketing is overwhelming. It is, it is. But my growth, I'm like, holy cow, as hard as it has been, I have grown in leaps and bounds. And so that satisfaction, like today I was working on another content strategy for my Facebook group. And I've been trying this two, three different times. And I'm like, for finally today, I don't know, the light bulb went off because I saw a different training. And it was like, oh, oh, okay. That makes life so much easier, you know? And it's like trying to find these puzzle pieces for me and put them together. And so, yeah, so Mm -hmm. hiring coaches for me has been huge. Um, Initially, I did the SCORE, which is a national network of mentors. And so I just chatted with a guy who was, you know, had been successful in his business and stuff. But I was kind of like, well, what is he going to know? You know, because he's not in a, he was not a financial coach, but he was still in the um, finance market and stuff. But he was so helpful. So spot on for everything. So it was so good. It was so good. I'll tell you, you've had a better experience than me. I, I've reached out to coaches, marketing, and, you know, I end up, I end up like having this conversation with them and it looked like, and the, they're, and asking me for advice and how to do certain things. I'm like, yeah, but you're like, I I paid you to help me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like marketing is something and I refuse to market for, and if I did, it wasn't something drastic. Mm -hmm. Uh, I refused because I was like, I had this impression and we're like, if my quality is good, it's going to go out there. I want to know because there's a lot of, um, how do I say this? There's a lot of uh, fricklers out there, you know, Mm -hmm. that, you know, talk a big game. And I, I I just refuse to, if I felt like if you have that big game, all right, I'm I'm, going to create the platform. I'm set it up. You share it to see and nothing happened. Yeah. So, you know, past, I want to say two months I've been advertising, but I pay somebody else to do it for me because it's just creating an idea, you know, templates, uh, a whole promo kit. That's too, it burns me out after a while, figuring it out. Yeah. 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 It really does. I know I had a, um, what was she calling herself? She was a marketing coach, but I can't remember. She like, she specialized something. She's like, where are you getting your clients? I'm like, Oh, really? My first ones came word of mouth, you know? And they came quickly and, but they were truly word of mouth from like my sister, coworkers, things like that. And I said, so now I'm in where that next sphere of influence, that's going to take a little bit more, right? Like my social networks and all of that. And she's like, well, what do you mean? And I'm like, aren't you the specialist in this area? (laughs) Yeah. When you said that, I'm like, oh yeah, that was like that. And I'm like, so I had a basic understanding of like why it was going to take a while, you know, and, how to reach different people. Mm-hmm. It's just, you just, you have to trust yourself that it's right. But yeah, you can get so burnt out, so yes. burnt out. So, and I'm such a planner. Some people are like, well, just wake up, decide what you want to post and go post it. And I'm like, uh-uh, 
I do not do that. I have to have a plan, you know, I can change the plan. Yeah. I can change the plan, but I want a plan, you know? So especially when it comes to finance, because you know, there there's individuals that will set, sit there and nitpick what you're doing. And if you get something wrong, they'll quickly, you know, raise eyebrows for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so are you starting your own podcast? Um, yeah, I have a yeah, I have a podcast. It's only been it's been five and a half months. Okay. Um, and yeah, wealthy after forty. It was it's probably been the best thing I've done on this journey. I I love it. I absolutely love doing it and sharing it. And people are finding it, giving me great reviews and feedback that you know they're they're glad that you know for like the age group because I am you know, doing it for Gen Xers and trying to reach that group, but it's, it's really applicable to any age. You know, it's just been trying to reach that older last phase of their career. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I share, you know, some personal stuff on there a little bit, like my personal story and um, the influence of my parents on my money journey and how they were my role models. So yeah, which I know not everybody had, um, so hopefully I can pick up from what I learned from my parents. So yeah, yeah, I love the podcast. I love podcasting. So that's wonderful. Have you have you thought about writing an ebook or something in the near future? Something as a basic, <laughs> uh, as a starter kit for for because there's there's a lot of young individuals myself that are always seeking knowledge financially, mm. and. Sometimes if, you know, let's say if I'm going on YouTube to watch a video, I don't want to hear from a a kid who's like, if I'm young, he's way younger than me talking about this is how I made millions. Yeah. You know, uh, you just got to do this. Like, I want to hear somebody with experience, trust their knowledge and their story to deliver that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I uh, I've had couple people say oh you should write one now you know and then seeing the other coaches do and then I was at a networking event and an author was there and I told her I so people think I should write one and she goes you really should especially for that age you know for that targeting 40 plus so I really thought about it a little bit more so we'll have to see maybe next year if it'll fit in the bandwidth and just you know kind of take my take on it right like do the elements of budgeting savings and debt and just put my experiences in there, the steps I used, and hopefully that will inspire people. Do you have any books uh, that, that you, that maybe you've read that you could rec- recommend on, on, you know, young, on a younger demographic to read and help themselves educate so financially, because it's, it's truly important. Yes, it really is. So my favorite one is financial freedom by Grant Sabier. And it's just written so well. I had consumed a lot. Blogs were huge back when I was on my journey. So I read a ton of blogs and there's a ton of information that way. And, but his book, the way he delivers it, the way he spells it um, from all of those steps. And he is one that has done it, um, which I think is very practical as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I may, I told my daughter, I'm like, Hey, you have to go read this. I don't tell you sometimes what you have to read, but this one you do have to read. So very insightful it's very good have you ever read uh, uh was it rich dad poor dad no i have not read that one yet i've not read that one every, yet so every person that i've met that's read that book and this includes me like has it does something to them and where it something clicks mm-hmm. and like i don't i don't know what it is 
maybe maybe it's the simplicity how it's written but something clicks and we're like everybody i've been able to meet that read that book started their own business started really taking action when it came to their finances and educating wow. themselves and, and you know even though you know the economy's bound their business is not doing you know struggling but they're still like okay they're struggling but i still gotta save money i still gotta you know and i just i find that to be such an amazing experience yeah yeah that's you know because um dave ramsey was huge when i was going through not that i subscribed to all of his thoughts and um things uh suze orman was another one um motley fool i don't know if you're familiar with him he had a huge blog which i think he now has an investment portal of some sort um financial samurai he was also in the big blog so i did a lot of those they were very 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 good and then you know back then it was um frugalisms so i went and read a lot of those people who were doing you know frugality and so i think now it's minimalism so you know don't just pass that off as like oh that's weird you know just Mm -hmm. like go explore and see that's where you know i learned those little those little bits that i could do so when we were hit with that extra mortgage payment for that little bit, I was like, oh my gosh, where are we going to find some extra money? And knowing those little tweaks from that frugality, it was huge and it saved me. And so, you know, understanding both sides of that, because, you know, when I was saying income versus expenses, like if you're, if you're not even coming to zero, right, you've either got to increase income or decrease expenses. And if you're struggling trying to get a raise or find another job or side hustle enough, you've got to cut expenses. So you know, that's basically how we, you know, attack that issue. So. Yeah. And even jobs, uh, you know, hearing you say that, like jobs is also a number game. Like I worked for like, I want to say good eight years in security uh, Mm -hmm. from, you know, regular security to like operations and, you know, contract three years. So they already set a budget, you know, like, you know, if you're hired, you're you're not going to get a raise until, Either this contract is renegotiated and give some type of incentive, or you just gotta look for another job. So, like, it's 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 really realistic what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So it's I uh, Tuesday's um, episode on my podcast was a gal who found a side hustle called Focus Groups, and she's staying at home with her kids, but she's like, I wanted to be able to bring in some money, but still be present. She's making a thousand bucks a month off of that. And I, she's not spending a whole heck of a lot of time, you know? So I'm like, good for you. Good for you. So, yeah. So I'd like to, you know, bring on my podcast, not only people who can tell you how to work with finances, but increasing that income. And so the next uh, guest I have in two weeks, hers is about salary negotiations and how to go in and ask for it. And then if they tell you no, what your return is, and it's like knowing that and having that, I was fortunate enough in my career that we had set pay raises, you know, it was just standard. And so that idea of it not being there is just so foreign to me. And so knowing that and having that skill and, you know, is so, so, so important as well. Yeah. I remember the first time, so proud of myself. I'm not going to lie to you. (laughs) I I was able to negotiate my salary and understand my position. Like, Like, I'm not a big chess player, even though I'm a real fan of it. And I'm and and you know working because I'm, I dislike working in places and where I don't see myself, uh, you know, going up. I like I like to you know progress in what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. 
every time I remember one time I had like 13 interviews in one month. That's how hard I was going to, 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 to find some type of progress. And I, and I negotiated myself from like a $15 deal, uh, an hour salary, right? Not even salary, just hourly to 52,000 a year. And it's because they, they they needed new people and they needed a manager. Contract was about to expire. They, they weren't happy with the manager. And, you know, I saw my opportunity. I'm Latino. And I, I'm able to speak Spanish and English very well, wow. write and read. And I, I saw my opportunity. Not a lot of people can do that. And I went from making, I wasn't, I don't think it was 15. It was like 14, 13. And I had to drive like an hour a day for a uh, part-time job. So I was, I was that, that's something I preach when, you know, when they ask me questions, that's very important. You got to know your value, you understand your potential. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Is it very important for you? Like, were you able to uh, do your best and install the value of saving money and, and the, the, because it's, you know, as a parent, you're, sometimes children just are like, yeah, whatever you say, mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it comes one one ear and, and out the other. Were you able to find some accomplishment with that? Yes. Like my daughter is really good. I have to tell her it's okay to spend her money. So she's really <laughs> good at saving. She bought her her first quote new car. It wasn't brand new, right? But she called me for two, three months in a row. I shouldn't have bought this car. You know, it's like, cause she had to give up her money and she's very much like, and I'm like, you'll be fine. You have to have a car. And you know, you did what you did. We did homework. We did, you know, she had me help her um, in trying to find it. And it was her, in a sense, her dream car. Mm -hmm. She's like, but if I don't do it now, I don't think I'm going to ever be able to do it. So, you know, recognizing that, understanding that, getting the best deal, um, in fact, she just texted me right before I jumped on with you. And she's like, hey, I made this much money in my high yield savings account. So she's very much, you know, like, okay, we've got this. It's growing. I can see it. Um, she purchased her a, so her dad is a car fixer upper. Oh, got it. Yeah. Yeah. So like he buys them cheap, fixes them up. Perfect. No, but a lot better than they were. And then he sells them. So he's flipping cars in a sense. Right. So she's learned how to do that. So she bought her a 79. Yeah. She bought her 79 dots in about a year ago. I think she paid 2,500 for it, 3000 for it. Like looking on it now, she's trying to sit, well, she's trying to find it in her to sell it. She needs to sell it. She knows she does, but she's like, but I just love it. I just love it. And she could sell it for eight or $10,000. Wow, and she she didn't put a whole maybe a couple thousand in it, maybe a couple thousand in it. So like some, some two or three things there and make it look pretty. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That's sometimes you yep. know the cars like that just need some TLC. Exactly, exactly. So she's like, I don't want to let it go, and I'm like, you'll have another one, you'll have another one. Yeah. So yeah, so she does. So she's like, well, if I get it, then that can go in my savings, and you know, she's always thinking ahead, always planning ahead, and. You know, I think it's just, you really just need to like almost show your kids as well as talk instead of of lecture, you know? And so I always made it open, you know, we did cash envelopes way back on our early, early journey. And so she, you know, she saw that she asked about it. I shared about it and then she was in um, band and she comes home and she goes, I need $150 tomorrow for band. And I'm like, excuse me, what? 
<laughs> you know? So I'm like, well, let's go to the cash envelope. So we, you know, we dug through them and there was more than enough to cover for what she needed. And so she saw that she saw how, you know, being prepared, even in that physical sense of like, okay, yeah, I can see that. And I need to do that. So I did luck out. She's a good girl. So good. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. Take, yeah. you know, one small win in the parent. <laughs> so exactly. the, right? Because it's exactly. not easy, especially like in this generation, everything is fashion. Everything is like advertising. Like if advertising was a stock, it, <laughs> it, I, it up it keeps going up because it does its job it, it it's meant to sell you something and, and it's doing that right now in this market yeah 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 um where can we find your podcast yeah so it's on every pretty much every listening platform and it's called wealthy after 40 so yeah about 27 episodes now into it nice, nice. um yeah there's a lot a lot of variety out there a lot of different casts i've tried to make sure you know we got some uh variety there so yeah go look that up on you know apple spotify iheart uh, my top two are apple and iheart but i host on spotify so any one of those and i know it's on amazon as well and audible and so wherever you get your podcasts Boom. Um, before we go please tell everyone uh where they can find you at yes so instagram at elevate underscore finances i share like you were saying you know tips information um and then if you want to join a group you want more support all things all things personal finance is my facebook group i'd love to have you join there as well if they're trying to find your services how would they contact you through there as well um, they can through there as well, or visit my website at www.elevatefinances.us and all my information's on there as well. Boom. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, go support her, first of all. Go check out her amazing content on Instagram. Uh, go li- listen to her amazing podcast as well. Um, I'm definitely going to do the same thing because we all need uh, that financial guidance and assistance to um, overcome this turmoil we're going in and and in this industry right now um make sure to go on youtube go follow me at deal talk tv go follow me on instagram uh mr dot inspire i'm out guys have a good night